First, I just want to say uh, welcome to our firefighters. Uh, thank you for all you do, and it's always a pleasure to host you here at St. Joe's for this Mass. Uh, we're grateful for your response to the call of service in our community. I think in the modern day and age, <clears throat> when it comes to religion, there tends to be more of what we call universalism. Not Catholicism, universalism. Universalism is basically, no matter what you do, you're going to be saved. Uh, so, you know, give it your best shot. Uh, but, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's okay. Because in the end, everybody's going to heaven. If we have a stark parable from Jesus that says it is otherwise, it's today. Very clearly, it is today. I always get a kick out of it because... Every once in a while, you know, you hear those parables where it ends and it says that bound him and cast him into the darkness where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. And I always expect to see more shock on your faces because that's an intent, that, that's really strong language. So why was he kicked out? Surely it wasn't, you know, the kingdom of God is worried about fashion statements. There's something else that was going on. The wedding garment isn't about style, but it symbolizes something. It symbolizes or signifies that a response on our part is necessary if we're going to follow Jesus. simple way to understand is taking off the old self and putting on the new self. The wedding garment is the new self. A new way of thinking. A new way of living. A new way of seeing the world. We call it conversion. In Greek, the word for conversion is metanoia. It's composed of two Greek words, meta, which means beyond, and nous, which means the mind. So conversion is going beyond your mind. Going beyond what you just see in the physical realm. Thinking differently. And if we don't do this, if we don't have this type of conversion, not only do we not go to heaven, we won't want to be there because we won't fit in. That's what this whole parable is about. I saw this played out, uh, you know, when I was back at the chaplain at the high school. My brother and uh, the other chaplains and I, we took these pilgrimages to Rome. And one year, we had, I don't know, like 110 high school kids. And we got tickets to St. Peter's Basilica, the papal mass of the Feast of Peter and Paul. And we priests got these tickets for dis- distribu- distributing communion. And so it says very clearly on the ticket, it says you must be dressed in cassock and surplus. For you, those, those of you that don't know what a cassock is, it's that black, long dress, like the kids at the school call it a dress. It's not a dress. It's a black garment that, that priests wear that look, happens to resemble a dress, but it's not. And, and then we wear this white thing over the top that usually you know, looks very nice, has embroidery on it and whatnot. That's called the surplus. So everybody, we're all gathered in the the side sacristy of St. Peter's Basilica. Now, St. Peter's Basilica, as you know, is the biggest church in the world. So its side sacristy is the size of our church. There's 200 priests gathered in there. Every one of them in cassock and surplus, except one guy. One guy is wearing this, the alb, this white thing, and a stole. And the MC comes over and he says, he says, sir... Like, okay, Father, you're not wearing Cassigan surplus. And he said, yeah, well, I don't wear Cassigan surplus. And he's like, I, okay, I understand that, but it does say very clearly that you cannot distribute unless you're wearing Cassigan surplus. And he's like, listen, 
I don't own a Cassigan surplus. I'm from America, and we don't wear those goofy things anymore. And he's like, okay, that's fine. You know, there's a lot of nationalities here, Father. And, and they all come from different backgrounds, but we're all going to wear a Cassigan surplus. And he's like, I demand, I mean, this guy was like screaming, I demand to speak to somebody in charge. And so the MC went and got the Swiss guards, and they escorted him out of the church. <clears throat> and he was, he was thrown out onto the streets of Rome, where there is wailing and grinding of teeth, if you've ever been there before. And my brother leaned over, as they're like dragging this man out, my brother leaned over and he's like, wow, guess he didn't have his wedding garment. Because he was referencing that it was perfect. What was this? This guy was all, oh, it's all about me. It's my rules, my law. I don't care about Jesus. I don't care about authority. I don't care about the church. He had not put on the new self. He wasn't different. He was like everybody else. So what is this new way of thinking or of living? We hear about it in St. Paul's, in the second reading today, from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. Probably the most quoted uh, verse from St. Paul's letters. Definitely the most tattooed, especially with sports people. It's Philippians 4.13. I can do all things in him who strengthens me. What is Paul saying? Well, first of all, where is Paul right now? Does anybody know? So he's writing to the Philippians. You, you already heard this comment. <laughs> he's writing to the Philippians. But where is he? Where's he writing from? Does anybody know? I'd be really impressed. <laughs> where is he? He's in jail. <laughs> That's a kid. You guys should be ashamed of yourselves. Well done. He's in jail. Where is he in jail? He's in jail in Rome. <clears throat> he is writing from prison to the Philippians, who he loved very dearly. And I just want to give you a little heads up. If you ever get to go to Rome, you can see Paul's prison. The, the, the prison that the Senate had during his time is still there. And basically it was this hewn out underground sort of cave under one of the main streets of Rome. And there was a big grate over the top of it. And so when people passed by, they could, you know, throw stuff at the prisoners they could spit on the prisoners. They literally could urinate on the prisoners and did. And you got to remember, there were no spiffy bish back then. There were no bathrooms in the prison. So the entire prison is a bathroom. So imagine what this place would have been like. Terrible. Paul probably hasn't bathed in weeks. He hasn't eaten in days. And yet he says this. I have found the secret to live in any and every circumstance in this life. What he's saying is changing circumstances don't have to change you. They don't have to change your faith or your trust in God. It's the one thing that the world can't take away from us. They can strip us of our rights, strip us of our religious freedoms, but they can't take away the hope that dwells inside of us. That all things have meaning. Basically what Paul is saying, you all know his secret? If you change what you think about, it will change the way you live. If you change what you think about and how you see the world, it will change the way you live. Last week, uh, Father Dosh filled in for me and I watched his homily because I wanted to make sure he was giving you a good homily. It wasn't worthless. And so I, but I want to quote one of his lines. He said, he quoted St. Therese of Lisieux. He said, Therese of Lisieux said, to trust Jesus means to be disturbed by nothing. 
So how can Paul say, I have found the secret to live in every and all circumstances, and Therese says, I'm disturbed by nothing. How did they not just talk about it, but they lived it? It's because when they looked at this world, they looked beyond it. When Therese was ministering to one of her sisters in the convent who was sick in a bed, she didn't see a sister sick in a bed. She saw Jesus sick in a bed and ministered to him. When Paul was persecuted and put in prison, he didn't say, oh man, I can't believe the, you know, the crazies put me in prison. This always happens to me. No, he rejoiced because he was suffering for Jesus. It's all about perspective. And you can sit back and say, well, that just sounds crazy. It is crazy. There's a reason they thought the saints were crazy. Because they think differently. They don't think like everybody else out there. And because of that, they live differently. They live for Christ and his kingdom that is coming. Do you do, you do that? Do you believe that? Do you think that Jesus will have the last word in this messed up world? Or do you think it will be Nancy Pelosi that has the last word? God help us. Or, or even better, do you think that Donald Trump or Joe Biden is going to fix this mess that we're in? He's, they're not. America, if America doesn't get back to its roots, which is Christ, we are finished as a country. I don't care who's in office. We are finished. Paul is saying, we don't put our hope in, pol- in politics. We don't put our hope in economy. We put our hope in Jesus. And when you do that, you think differently and you live differently. But I think there's a lot of people that, that think that, well, I can live like everybody else lives and that, that somehow I'll, I'll live differently. Or I can think like everybody else thinks and I can buy what everybody else buys and I can watch what everybody else watches and listen to whatever, but then I'm going to be different. I'm going to be a Christian then. And that's crazy. Like on Sunday, I come to Mass, but then I'm going to live like a first world American the rest of the, the, rest of the week. I'm going to watch what they watch, eat what they eat, listen to what they listen to, and, I, and somehow I'm going to be different. It's not going to work. Jesus says it. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve the world and him. You got to pick. And we wonder why the church is panicking like the rest of the world when it comes to this stupid virus. Because we are thinking like the rest of the world. When, When people look at us, they should see somebody different. Who thinks differently. Who lives differently. I am convinced, I am convinced that if we just shut down social media accounts, if we turned off the TV, if we listened to different music and watched different movies, we would be different. (laughs) Me included. This last week I watched this movie, it's called Bakita, it's about St. Josephine Bakita. It's three and a half hours, it's in Italian, and at the end of that movie I was in tears. It was so touching. Her example was so moving that I wanted to give more. I wanted to be more. I wanted to be a saint. Two days later, I watched a movie called Fallen with Denzel Washington. It's about a psychopathic murderer who has a demon inside of him and that before he gets the electric chair, he passes the demon by touch and everybody you touch, the demon can move through. And I thought, surely at the end of this movie, the devil is going to be crushed. No. No, the demon won. You know what I felt at the end of that? Like I wasted my time. 
Was I any better for it? No. Felt a little bit more despair. Felt just a little bit of, like I was a little scared before I went to bed. I know about you, but when I watch the news, I'm like, woohoo, I'm an American. When I watch the news, I want to give up. So here's the question. Why do we keep doing it? And I think it's because my, my high school kids and I was traveling and they taught me this, this acronym. It's a word, FOMO. You ever heard of FOMO? Fear of missing out. That somehow, if we don't keep up with the world, we're going to miss out on something. How's that been working out for you? How's that been working out for you? Because I would say, what if I miss something everybody else sees? I would say, who cares? <laughs> when, when has that actually done anything for you that's been good? Or are you just filled with as much anxiety, as much fear, and as much anger as everybody else? Maybe, maybe, maybe it's time to do something different. My challenge for you is to go through your, your accounts, your social media accounts, your Netflix history, YouTube history, Facebook, whatever history you have, and look at it and say, Wow, is this in line with what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? What I'm watching, what I'm listening to, does it make me different from everybody out there? Now, for the record, I'm not saying, like, your history of watches has to be all these religious movies. It doesn't. But what you should ask yourself is, what I'm doing, what I'm posting, what I'm listening to, is it good for me? Does it encourage in me the true, the good, and the beautiful? If your answer is no, turn it off and do something else. Stop listening to it. Maybe God, maybe he's telling you right here, right now to try something new. To go beyond your mind. To look beyond the physical world. To go beyond your normal way of thinking and to live the secret of St. Paul.